Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking about 10 habits of highly successful gym goers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 52 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. I am extra excited for this episode, Nicole, because it is episode 52, which means it's our anniversary episode. (laughs) I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about the 10 habits of highly successful gym goers because I feel like it ties in with a bunch of habits that there's like a crossover with the habits that we had to develop in order to get to a full year of podcasting. Yeah. Going into it, we had to think, hey, we're playing the long game and we have to be patient. And we've seen massive growth over the last year in Mm -hmm. our audience. We've seen ups and downs. I mean, we've seen it all. And It's kind of like you just have to push through. And I want this to be an episode for the audience about a lot of the things that you have to do and the habits you have to develop and the perseverance that you need to adopt in order to get where you're going. You need a clear vision. You need to keep your eye on that goal. You need to sacrifice. You need to, I don't know, Nicole. D all of the above. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Nicole, you were just talking about the sacrifices that we've made in terms of scheduling Mm -hmm. and blocking out. Saturday nights or Friday nights to record yep. and it's okay. Well, I'm not going out tonight. I'm, I'm doing what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the conversations that you and I had initially when starting this podcast was, do we do an episode every other week? Do we do an ep- episode? every? I know. I remember that. And I was like, fuck it. We're just doing an episode every week and we're going to commit to it and we're going to do it. And no matter what it takes, late nights, whatever it takes, yeah. we're going to get this information out to our audience because it's important. Mm hmm. And there's a ton of valuable information for those of you listeners who have been with us. Thank you very much. Yes. More to come in our second year. We Mm -hmm. have a ton planned for you. And if you enjoy our show and you find value in it, please share it with your friends so that we can reach more people and give them information based on real science, real facts and real food. I remember our conversation about what we would need to do you when you and I decided we were going to do this, like we had to order microphones and headset, like all the equipment. And then we went through all the topics we wanted to cover. And so when you talk about breaking down habits, we broke down, we got a whiteboard, we wrote all the things that we wanted to talk about, we set up that we're going to do once a week podcasts, like all the little tiny habits that we kind of organized and, and, you know, outlined. And then I got all the equipment and I was like, okay, how do I set all this stuff up? We figured that all out. Like all the things that you think you don't know how to do. I'm bringing this up because every person that's a gym goer thinks, you know, I don't know how to lift or I don't know how to create a food plan or I don't know how to grocery shop. You figure all that stuff out as you go. It's not a roadblock. It shouldn't stop you from achieving your goals. You just have to one at a time tackle each thing and be patient. Once you figure it out, then you move on to the next step, just like we did setting everything up for the podcast. And you have to learn. I think that, like education is the most important piece. I would mm-hmm. say the, the last year, and I, it was funny, I had this conversation with somebody the other day, the last year, I've 
known nutrition. I've been studying nutrition for a very long time and I've been in the fitness industry for 15 years, but the last year was kind of forced hyper growth yeah. because I had to set up the habits to continue to learn and educate myself and research and mm-hmm. be able to deliver the right information. And that yeah, in and of itself way. takes a lot of work. And then on top of that, you add on learning how to edit a podcast, learning how to use software <laughs> to edit and learning what equipment, watching different videos, reviews, shout out to YouTube. <laughs> and, you know, it it's interesting because I I found Pat Flynn on I think it was YouTube when I was just looking up like what microphones and he did comparisons. And then, you know, he runs a, a podcast called Smart Passive Income, and he has courses on teaching people how to start a podcast, basically start to finish. So, I mean, there was a ton of research that went into Mm -hmm. looking at his content, looking to see what other people have to say that are already in the space and learning from the people that came before me in order to kind of go through this process. And that's where like you're not alone in your fitness journey. Right. And and we're not alone in our podcasting journey. And in our content creation journey, there are plenty of people that came before you that have already been doing it that you can just learn so much from. Yeah. So with that being said, let's mm-hmm. get back to you guys and talk about the 10 habits of highly successful gym goers. And maybe this will spark some inspiration in you to go out there and develop the habits that you need to be successful in your fitness journey. All right. Number one. Number one, they play the long game and practice patience. Fitness is a game of patience. The sooner you realize this, the better off you'll be. I've seen too many people rush in to hit their goals. You are not sprinting. This is a marathon. Mm -hmm. And I say this because oftentimes people will look at covers of magazines or, I mean, influencers are huge right now. They've blown up. They're everywhere. You see these people and you're like, I want to look like that. I'll never get there. You won't get there in three months, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about years and years and years of getting it. Listen, the truth is, Nicole, that I know what people want. I know what they're looking at and I know the content that they're seeing and I I know what they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And there's a mental block in their heads that like I can't achieve that because I think part of it is. They're thinking so short term. Yeah. But I also think there's a part of them that knows deep down there's a lot that they have to do to get there, that it is a long game. And there's a level of like disappointment that they have to wait that long to get to it. How many times have you spoken to someone and they say to you, OK, I want to lose 50 pounds. And I'm, I'm the first thing is, OK, how much time do you think you need to do that? And they'll say, you know. 50 pounds in five weeks. Come on. Can I do that? No. And I say, well, no, not really. Maybe like six months to a year. And the, the like look on their face that it has to take that long ends up creating this disappointment. Like it's almost like they revert back to, oh, why did I let myself go? I shouldn't have let myself get 50 pounds heavier. Like they beat themselves up looking back at how they got there instead of being like, okay, a year, really? All right. Well, let's get started because I don't want it to be like even longer if I gain another 10 pounds. So I might as well start now. It's almost like you have to redirect the way they view the goal so that they don't get stuck thinking about how they got there and they just take control and move forward to tackle. And they're also thinking about it in terms of, we've mentioned this before, you're thinking about your fitness journey as this one big massive change that needs to happen when Mm -hmm. you just have to think what 
what can I do now to get me closer to my goal? And then just worry about the step by step as you go and as you progress throughout the process. Yeah. And I also tell people that have a mindset like that, if you want it to go faster, if you want to make greater gains, then you have to, those habits that, that we've set in, in motion, you have to stick to, you can't fall off. You have to really, like you said, make a schedule and make it happen. And the more you devote that priority of this being the goal to your, to like really committing to that schedule, you'll get there. Maybe you can get there in eight months instead of a year, who knows? But if you don't commit to it, you're always going to kind of be wishy-washy and in your achievement. And you have to start like you see, like you mentioned, you just, you have to start. I want to emphasize like this takes years to develop the skills, the techniques, proper form in the gym, learning about proteins and macronutrients and learning about calories and calorie deficits and surpluses and all of this stuff. Anybody can learn. The information is out there. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it should be fun. I feel like a lot of the times we get clients that are like bogged down by being overwhelmed and it's no longer fun. It's like a, it's a daunting task. And I try really hard to be funny with my clients and have a good time with them so that it's lighthearted. I mean, yes, it's a goal and it's serious and we need to get work done. But at the same time, this is supposed to be pleasurable. Like the gym should be a a good experience. You shouldn't walk out of there feeling like every time, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you have to enjoy, you have to enjoy the process because if you're not going to enjoy the process, you're going to fall off. Like if you're doing it, just thinking about your goal and that is it and that is the end all be all and there's no enjoyment in it yeah. you're not going to get there so just be patient with yourself and also keep in mind and, and this goes out to the uh, people out there who like you start a plan and a week goes by or two weeks go by and nothing's really budged yet mm-hmm. you have to keep in mind that it takes a very long time to create that favorable metabolic environment where yes you have those positive adaptations that your boss, your body can process energy more efficiently. You've, we've talked about this several times. You've created more mitochondria. Your mitochondria are more efficient because you've created a, a situation where there's an energy demand in your body. You've worked on your digestive health and now you can absorb nutrients far better. You've worked on all of the little things like your cardiovascular health or your, your cardiovascular capacity increases mm-hmm. and you get stronger and stronger on over time and you build muscle and then you're you have changes in your resting metabolism and and all of those favorable things that environment that you're creating is essentially prepping your body for the results that you want so don't get frustrated and mm-hmm. if you want this process to be successful you need to practice patience I always call those types of adaptations the silent adaptations, the things that you don't see a scale weight change. It's not about how your clothes fit or how many calories you're burning. It's all the internal stuff that happens that you don't see, touch, taste, or feel, you know, and it's working. It's there, but you have to just let that process happen. And that's also, Nicole, that's where clients, where they'll they'll say, I'm not seeing any changes. And I'm like, well, how do you feel? Yeah, exactly. And I had a, I had a conversation recently with a client that was like, ah, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen changes on the scale. I'm like, all right, well, you go, your your bowels are more frequent when you mm-hmm. weren't going every day, right? So that's a positive change. That's a result from what you're mm-hmm. doing. You're feeling better. You have more energy. You're sleeping better. Those things are all results. So don't think that you're not getting results. Like as you're working, you're getting results, and the rest will come in time. Yeah, exactly. Number two. Successful gym goers set clear goals and keep their eye on their vision. 
the most successful gym goers are very plan oriented. They set a clear goal, a realistic time frame, and they find ways to measure these goals. And they keep that in the back of their minds every day so that they don't lose sight of what they want. Well, I agree. This is one when I have clients pick their color, their word that surrounds their goal. Like, I know it sounds really silly. And a lot of clients laugh at me when I bring this up. So, Nicole, but, brush us up on this because we, we, you've talked about this on the show. Yeah, before. I do this all the time. I do it for myself personally all the time. Sometimes at the beginning of a new goal, sometimes at the beginning of the new year. It really depends. But sometimes I'll just do it if I like need to shake shit up. So I'll pick a word, persistence or patience or consistency, whatever it is that I really feel maybe I need a little bit more practice on when it comes to whatever this goal is. Like, so the goal would be to hit 215 on my deadlifts because I I hit my PR for 200. So now I'm going to 215. So I'm going to pick a word that's going to help me focus on that one particular goal. So I'm going to say consistency, which means I'm not going to miss my deadlift ever in the week. Like I'm going to make sure that's a priority. And then I pick a color to go with that. This color, this is for this particular goal is like aqua. So that aqua, I wear the same sports bra. It's almost like the baseball players that wear like, you know, whatever sock that they like that makes them feel like they're going to hit like, you know, lucky sock, like a lucky sock. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like that. So the word consistency is I literally write it on a piece of paper and put it on the mirror in my bathroom. I write it on a piece of paper and I put it in my car. I sometimes will write it on my hand. So I've written people in the gym for years have seen me with my goals written on the sides of my sneakers or the bottom of my shoes so that every step that I take is a step closer towards that goal. And then the color, I just wear that color for like eight. If my goal is eight weeks, I wear that color every single day for eight weeks. And I know that it sounds silly. Clients think I'm crazy, but when I have them start doing it, they go bananas because I had an a tea, like an aqua bracelet and I wore it every day and it works. The other day, it was a perfect example. I was so tired coming out of the gym and I needed to get my deadlifts in. I just happened to glance down when I was typing on the computer and looked at the bracelet and I was like, that's my goal. It's like a it's like a visual reminder. And I was I literally I stopped right there. I was in mid sentence typing an email and I was like, no, that's it. This is my time because I had scheduled a workout at like noon. It's like 10 past 12. I was like, I'm not taking any more of my time up writing this email. I've got this goal. I got to get up. I made this commitment. I have to be consistent. So I stopped what I was doing. The email can wait. And I went out. I crushed my goal. I did my workout. I came back and then I just continued my email. But sometimes you need that reminder, like even gym rats like us, like it's it's everybody thinks it's just easy for us to work out. Sometimes we have the same type of roadblock or need that reminder to keep us going. And sometimes we just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and and that to me, that's the most important time to do it because exactly. that's where you're developing the habit of, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do it because I set a goal and, and I have to do it. That's where, like, I tell people this all the time. Like there have been moments and everyone goes through this where you don't feel like working out and then you go there and one of two things will happen. Either one, you go there and you feel good because at least you did something, even if it wasn't the best workout in the world mm-hmm. or two. You go in and you do it. And about a quarter of the way or halfway through your workout, you start crushing it. You catch that second wind and then Mm -hmm. you leave and you're like, wow, I didn't want to work out, but I just had the most amazing workout. So you have to have those clear goals and and you have to have those like Nicole, like you said, those constant reminders of your goals. I love that you mentioned the time frame. You're like eight weeks. All right. So I have to be consistent with this goal because I set a goal of eight weeks and 
I'm striving to hit that. So I can't miss this right now. Yeah. And then you can just pick different colors, pick different words for every 8, 16, like whatever your time frame is. Because I believe short term mini goals within the bigger picture are really helpful. That's what keeps me going. So it also is great. My clients love it. So that brings us into number three that mm-hmm. Nicole just mentioned, because Nicole obviously is a successful gym goer for many, many years now. Successful gym goers break down their goals into mini goals with deadlines. Mm-hmm. If you set a deadline for your biggest goal, you may be disappointed. And the reason why I say that is because like Nicole, like you brought up earlier with the 50 pound goal, if that's all you're thinking about and you're not breaking that down, it's going to be very, very difficult. You're going to have ups and downs. That scale is going to fluctuate, which is completely normal. And you're going to be disappointed. So break your goal down into small little tiny goals that are achievable within the next 30 days, within the next 45 days, within the next 60 days, within the next Mm -hmm. 12 weeks. You need to break down your goals so that you're not disappointed because you're so far away from this giant goal. Things may come up with your giant goal and your plan might change. You might say, hey, I plan to lose 50 pounds by this deadline, but that didn't really happen. But I've still hit all of these little goals along the way. So focus on small goals along the way and try to tackle them one by one instead of just thinking I have this big giant goal because that's it's almost like it's just too much weight on your shoulders. Yeah, I think it depends on the person too. like, you know, we have different different people, different clients thrive in different situations around time frame and goal setup. So you have to know yourself really well too. like what's a short term time. So what I always ask my clients, a 30 day time is always something that my clients feel really comfortable with. So for the month of instead of saying 30 days, I'll say for the month of August, let's think about something that you can focus on or for the summer for June, July and August. What's the goal? Are we going to maintain? Like, is it really just about staying where you are so you can enjoy the summer or are we going to push harder and create this change? So sometimes it can be seasonally. It can be two weeks that you're just going to focus on protein intake, like small to months to years. And then before you know it, two years has gone by and you've created not only the, the goal that you set, but all the little things in between you crushed as well. Yeah. And I would also add that your goal doesn't necessarily have to be like at the end of this month, I want to hit this weight. Your goal can also be performance based. Oh, yeah. No. um, A lot of the times I think monthly goals should be the little mini things like grocery shopping goals or water intake, like super, super simple. Yeah. But I'm even talking even beyond that, like performance goals, like in the gym, you could say, hey, Like I want to get stronger and I want to hit, let's say you're, you know, female coming into the gym, your deadlift is 135. You know, I want to get to 155 by the end of this month. And that is, that's a huge milestone. And I think that when people shift their perspective from just fat loss to, well, I want to build a strong, healthy body. Yeah. That's, that's a great dialogue to start having with people because you're setting goals of getting stronger over periods of time. And you're hitting those milestones and you get so, so excited when you're just like, wow, I can't believe I just lifted that. Yeah. All right. So number four, they set aside time to devote to their goals. How much time are you willing to sacrifice to reach your goals? And how long are you willing to make that sacrifice for? You need to have that honest conversation with yourself in terms of what it's going to take. You need to have a clear expectation that you will have to devote a portion of your life to attaining and sustaining this goal. And I can't stress this enough 
because I've seen people come in and just think I'm just going to hire a professional and that's it. The work's done. That's what I sometimes feel like. Yeah. They'll just tell me what to do. And if I do 50% of it, it'll be enough. And it's not that easy. You're not going to get away that easy. No, you're going to have to seriously carve out time in your schedule and say, okay, well, how much time can I commit to this goal? And is the time that I'm setting aside for it? Is it realistic? Mm -hmm. That's where the consistency comes in, too, because you have to devote the time to be consistent to your goals. I cannot stress consistency enough. I had a conversation with a client this week and we were talking about programming and I talked about consistency with him. And I, I had mentioned to him, I said, the worst program followed consistently will be far better than the best program not followed. 100%. You need to be consistent with your program and you need to devote time to it each and every single day. You need to devote time to prepping your meals. You need to devote time to cooking. You need Mm -hmm. to devote time to grocery shopping. You need to devote time to 10 minutes a day, log in your food journal. Mm -hmm. You need to devote time to hit your workouts. And if there's cardio added to those workouts, as you progress through your program, you need to devote that time. Yeah. And then get okay with if those, if all of those things that create all of that time is not something you can do, then figure out the things that you can commit to and make those a priority. If it's hiring someone to do your food prepping for you so that you don't like outsource what you can't do except your workouts. Clearly you have to do those on your own, but you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, but at the same time, at, at the same time here, listen, Nicole, from like a macro standpoint, like I've seen people try to outsource their, their meals to like mm-hmm. a, a meal prep company. And I'm like, these macros are all off. You're doing the meal prep and you're not really learning. Right. And this is where the education piece yeah. comes, right? Like you need to learn about food. So I, I would even say agree. I would even say for me, that's not even good enough. Like devote the time. And listen, I think, Nicole, there's we draw a line as coaches between holding your hand and saying, no, it's okay." And then there are other times where I'm like, listen, like you just you have to do this. You have to fucking do the work and you have to devote time to this and you have to learn the prep. I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, maybe that's the mood I'm in right now, but like (laughs) fucking prep so that you're learning weigh, measure, learn about the foods, the portion sizes. Like you have to devote time to the education in terms of hitting your goals. You want to know this whole process inside and out. You want to learn yourself. You want to learn your body. And that takes time to devote to yourself, right? When we're talking about fitness journey, one of the greatest things in a fitness journey to me is not just the results that you're getting physically, it's the results that you're getting mentally, the growth that you go through if you're devoting time to take care of yourself. And this, Nicole, like when we go back to our fucking podcasting, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, the amount of time that I've devoted to myself as a coach as an, and as a professional and to my clients and to educating myself and to learning to be the best, to strive to be the best that I can, that takes a lot. Like think about your career and think about the time that you've invested. If you've gone to college, if you've gone to trade school, whatever you've done, the time that you've invested in learning about that, like you have to devote the time to learn about this whole process. I cannot stress it enough. You want to grow as a human. You want to think when you go into this goal, you want to think to yourself, I am not currently the person that's capable of hitting that goal, but I'm going to do everything in my power to devote the time and energy to becoming the person that can hit the goal. That's like that kind of cliche saying, yeah. like, it's like, 
dream so big that it scares you, you evolve or that you have to grow into the person yeah. that can reach that. And yeah. each and every one of us has that deep down inside of us. But we really got to dig for that. That is if there's anything that you get out of today's podcast, that is the, the taker is that you have to be all in. I always give my clients options because I, I, this is the sad part about health and wellness is that so many people just want to skate through and just get by. And if that's even a little bit to make them better, I'm willing to give them that much like and work with them for that. But the ones, this is where the, the you know, the rubber meets the road. The ones that really dive in and really commit to it I mean, they're the ones that are going to be the most successful. That's why we're saying these are the 10 habits that the will most help. successful. We're talking right. most successful, the gym most successful gym goers, the right. guy or girl that you see in the gym on a regular basis. That just Every looks morning. like they have their shit together because they devote so much time yeah. to it. And you can't be like, man, I, I, I have work and I have this and you have to fit it into your life. I'm yeah. not asking you to completely overhaul your entire life, but find a way to commit to this goal and devote your time. You have to devote time to it. You right. like Nicole, like you said, you're not just going to skate by. No. And we I clients ask clients. Well, if you've if anyone out there is ever like if you've ever seen someone in the gym, you're like, wow, look at her or look at him. Like he looks amazing. I always say to the client that asked me, what do they do? What do you think they do? How many days a week do you think they're in here? Do you think they food prep? And oh, yeah, yeah, they probably do. Like, OK, so let's go down. Let's go sit down in the office and figure out what you need to do to get a little bit closer to that. That's really it. And, and that's where I say, like, I know what people are looking at and what they really want to achieve. Right. And you are so capable of achieving that. But you, you've got to put in the work. You have to do it. Yeah. All right. Number five. Number five. Successful gym goers. They have a healthy nighttime routine. And or listen, a routine in general <laughs> or a routine in general. Yeah. So this is true for most successful people in general, not just about their nighttime routine. Nicole, like you said, it's it, just a routine in general. Mm -hmm. You have to develop some type of routine. You have to have like some type of like each and every day. This is what my schedule is like. This is what my uh, my time is is devoted on these hours to reaching this goal. But also importantly, the nighttime routine from a, a sleep aspect where mm -hmm. you, you got to get adequate sleep because I see this in myself too. And I'm not saying that I get adequate sleep every night, but once I start kind of veering off and I feel like, hey, my circadian rhythm is kind of a little bit off, I'll do things and I'll follow the steps that I know and I coach other people to do and I'll kind of rein it back in and say, okay, I need to get a good night's sleep. And one of the things for me that I notice, and I notice this with the clients too, we just tend to make bad decisions when we're tired. I make poor food choices when I'm tired. I don't really, I don't have a clear mind when I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So you have to develop like a nighttime routine where you're like, all right, this is the time I'm going to bed. What am I doing leading up to bed? And for a lot of people, I, you know, recommend like turn off your computer, your TV. I try not to have a TV in the bedroom. Make sure that you're not exposed to a ton of blue light so that you're getting adequate sleep and things that you do. And here's the piece for prepping yourself for the days ahead. I'm packing my meals so they're ready to go in the morning. I'm not rushing around. I'm packing my gym bag. I'm planning the next day and I'm planning the next few days and how I'm going to strategize the rest of my week. And this is something that I often see is that when and I, I know this when I look at people's food journals 
and yeah. I see that it kind of looks thrown together. I can tell yeah. you could tell like when, when I can tell when you're going around <laughs> about the day and you're just like, I'm just going to throw things together and hope I hit my macros or my calories exactly. and hope I get it. You're not getting there <laughs> unless you're planning. And in order to plan, you need to do it like I've had people where I'm like, hey, plan your next day and log in your food journal the night before so that you have a plan. And literally all you have to do is follow that and execute that. Maybe you'll yeah. have a curveball thrown at you, but that's not going to happen every day. That's not realistic. That's going to happen once in a blue moon. And if it does happen every day, then I'd say you're probably making excuses. Time management is an and issue. <laughs> you need to manage your time. Just creating that structure where in the evening you're making sure that you're planned, you're prepped, you're ready for the next day, whatever it is you need to do to hit that goal. Uh, you need to have a uh, nighttime routine. I think it's super important. Agree. Number six, successful gym goers track their progress. In order to be successful in this journey, you will have to keep track of it. Tracking your intake, tracking your workout progress. And it's interesting, you know, clients, if I'm training them one-on-one -on -one, and they're like, I don't know what weight I used. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is your process, not mine. Like, it's not mine to own. Mm -hmm. And just knowing where you are and knowing, because that helps you to look ahead as well. And it helps you to say, okay, well, what goal do I want to create to my, for myself? Like I want people to own their process. I don't want to own it for yeah. them. Right. So your scale weight, like I'm expecting you to get on the scale and send it to me. I'm yep. not going to hold your hand and be like, Hey, let's get on the scale today. I'm going to be, I'm going to get on a call with you and I'm going to say, Hey, What's your weight? like, yeah, where is it? And I do where that in my we? email recaps where I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, here, I, I want to get a weigh in. I want to get some measurements. Mm -hmm. I want to get your body fat if they have access to it. Uh, and I want you to be tracking it over time. And I'll yeah. help you with that process, but there needs to be some tracking of your progress. If, if you're going to the gym and you don't know what weight you used last week, how do you know that you're improving? Exactly. Oh, I say this all the time in my program trackers. If I see my clients are, if they're journaling their weights for each set that they do, and I see that in their tracker sheet, I get so excited because I'm like, all right, they get it. But if nothing's written down, I'm like, mm -hmm. how many sets did you really do? As a coach, I start to get a little skeptical. Yeah. And the other things that you want to be tracking aside from like your, your food, your energy intake and, and your workout progress is you want to track your hunger. You want to kind of get in tune with your body. You want to track your energy levels. Mm -hmm. What did I eat this day? Like you can log that into your food journal too, under your food notes. You can say, okay, well, what did I eat today? How did it affect me? How did I feel when I did that? How did it affect my workout performance? You want to be able to track these metrics to say, okay, well, how do I develop a plan moving forward based on all this information? And that's kind of like yeah. that biofeedback piece yeah. that we use with clients where we're like, all right, well, we're not just going to check in and say, okay, what's your weight here? Eat like this. See you next week. We're going to yeah. check in. We're going to say, how's your energy? How's your digestion? Your hunger, your satiety. Are you satiated after your meals? Are you still hungry? Are you mm -hmm. hungry leading into your next meal or are you full and you can't get it all in? Yeah. Right. So all these things are points that like data points that'll tell us, okay, what are we doing and where do we need to go? Uh, and you want to track your mood too, as it affects your eating style. Like, were you in a shitty mood? Were you stressed out? Do you need to manage your stress and you're making poor food choices because you know, you're stressed out and you don't know how to manage that. So having conversations around like, well, how did I feel? Well, I was upset because, you know, I got in a fight with somebody and we had an argument and, you know, then I ate whatever. Well, now, you know, <laughs> okay, well, I need to be able to hone in and manage that. Keep track of all things to make you more aware of yourself as it pertains to the entire process. Yeah. Number seven, and I love this one. I mean, I love all of these, but number seven, particularly successful gym goers celebrate small wins. 
And I think that people don't do this enough. And I think that they get so hard on themselves constantly. Yeah. And then I have to constantly remind people that like, Hey, like what small victories have you like, Hey, I had protein with every meal, meal. today, right? Yeah. I hit my protein goal for the day. All right, great. That's a, that's a small win. And those small wins add up to big wins over time. So don't take for granted the little tiny. Oh, well, oh, well, it's just something like so stupid and simple. Like yeah. it's not dumb. It's it's something that is pushing you in the right direction. It's yeah. easy to get down on yourself for not hitting massive goals. I think we as humans need to feel good about what we're doing mm -hmm. and we need to feel like we're making progress. Mm -hmm. And if we're not celebrating small wins, then we're not feeling like we're doing a good enough job. I agree. I have clients that are like this week. I didn't eat a full piece of cake. I had half a piece of cake and I'm like, well, that's amazing. And I didn't even want the full piece of cake or, you know, whatever. I only had one glass of wine instead of three. And I felt so much better. Those are definitely small wins. Our relationship with food, I think, is probably the most underrated win. Like as you start to develop a better relationship with the food choices that you're making, how you view food, how it makes you feel. I tell clients all the time, when you tell me things like that, I literally leave kicking my heels up in the parking lot and, and dancing up a storm because that's the stuff that makes me really happy. Like, I'm glad that you lost a couple pounds or that you're stronger and that, you know, all the other things. But when you tell me I ate carbohydrates and I felt great and I didn't hate myself or I didn't feel bad about my body, like literally that's the reason why I get up every morning. That's the game changer for me because those are long-term lifestyle changes from a mindset standpoint that will forever change your health and well-being. Yeah, it's going to change your attitude about things, too. Mm -hmm. Right. I It goes beyond, you know, like I, I, I'll mention time and time again, like the, your fitness journey goes beyond your strength in the gym. Yeah. Your fitness journey goes into your strength as a human, your strength mm -hmm. as an individual, your your ability to know like, hey, I can achieve these things and I, I can move forward and I can make progress. And, you know, these wins don't necessarily have to be just on the scale like you're kind of alluding to, Nicole. Mm -hmm. uh, they can be habitual wins. That add yeah. up over time, vegetables, fiber intake, uh, protein intake, bowel frequency, setting a consistent nighttime routine. Like we talked about, like, hey, I went to bed early last night. Cool. That's a victory. Let's do it again. Mm -hmm. Let's see if you can do it for this entire week. I think that we need we, we don't do enough celebration of the, the little things that we're doing that are, are really going to make a huge impact on us long term. Number eight, successful fitness goers stay on track even when things get tough. And... <laughs> I will say, Nicole, I know you want to say something right now, but I'm going to say that <laughs> like this, this journey and this, well, the reason why we decided to do this podcast because of our journey, like, man, we had some tough times with rushing out episodes, getting them out for you guys. And you have to persevere through that. Not every day is going to be a win. Not every day are you going to want to go to the gym or eat all your meals, expect things to get tough. And sometimes you just have to have that grit and just persevere through it. Yeah. Not every episode did we absolutely love when we had our COVID shot. We missed an episode and both felt like so awful about it. And then but after, you know, not you that big of off. a deal, you, you brush, brush it off, off because you keep going. Well, here's the thing. I like old me, old Daron, And this is where like the evolution comes in when you're doing things and you're moving forward and you're making progress. Old Daron would have probably beat himself up for it for like three days. Yeah. But now I'm like, all right, well, look how far we've come. And we're almost at a year. If in one year I missed one Monday. Yeah. I'm good with that because guess what? Before we had a podcast, we didn't have any episodes. Yeah, we had no Monday. Right. I had nothing. I, we started at zero. 
Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's where they're starting. A lot of people listening to this, like maybe you're starting at zero or maybe you're not, but you've, you, you're starting where you are. Yeah. And things are going to get tough along the way. And there are going to be moments where you're like, man, I, I could have done better. I should have done better. And it's okay to realize that, but you've got to right. move forward from that and you've got to tough it out and just keep going. Yeah. You can't, you can't use up. that as right. You can't use that as a reason to give up. You have to have a winner's mentality. You will get this done no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. That's how you have to go into your fitness journey. And that's how people like, listen, I'm going to get in shape no matter what it takes. If your goal is to be a 5% body fat, you're going to do that no matter what it takes. Yeah. Now, I don't think everybody can. I don't think anybody can walk around at 5, 5% body fat. No, but can you get there for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> and knowing that you can get there, like. Is the the end, success. you know, it's like I talk about like my bodybuilding journey, like it got tough so many times. And in the last yeah. prep when I was behind schedule and it was really tough hour and a half on the stairs every day, I did what I had to do to get where I needed to go. I caught my mm-hmm. calories super low uh, and, and I just, you know, obviously bodybuilding is a little different than your everyday gym goer. But I really it was more it was tougher mentally and that, that this mm-hmm. process, too, like it's a this mental is too. Yeah. It's tougher mentally. Your fitness journey is tougher mentally than it is physically. You can get through those hard workouts and that hurt and that burn and you're sweating and you're tired, right? Like that to me is the easy part. The harder part is the mental toughness that like I have to push through that. But once you do it, you just feel so good. Just like when I had to persevere through bodybuilding preps and I was like, the moment I got on that stage, I was like, this is the most amazing feeling because I toughed it through and I, I didn't give up. Yeah. And that's the whole point, though, is that not everything's going to be happy moments. You're clearly going to have those more difficult times. But, you know, the saying when the tough gets going, the going gets tough. Yeah, that's an oldie but but a goodie. That's an oldie but a goodie. But you have to be tougher than the tough situations. And mental toughness is very important for your success in this fitness journey. Yeah. Number nine, successful gym goers seek like minded people to feed off of for a lot of successful gym goers, the gym is a community. Yeah, hundred. You see the people in the gym that are, you know, they're in great shape. They're talking to other people. They're socializing in the gym. They have like-minded individuals. Maybe they have a workout partner. Maybe they don't. Maybe, yeah, they're spotting you know. each other. They're cheering each other on. They're you giving know, support. I'll say, I'll say, in in my fitness journey, when I started, you know, I linked up with my friend Tommy, who's my best friend now right? He's one of my closest friends. And I met him there and I was the little skinny guy and everybody was bigger than me. (laughs) And we created a community. I started following around my buddy Jay and we we were working out and we'd follow his workouts and he was stronger than everybody. And I would just strive to be more and more like him. And it it, it motivated me to be like, all right, well, I have a community here and I have my friends and I'm meeting at the gym every day. And I met those guys in the gym. Now they're my closest friends, right? Now I'm in better shape than all of them. Sorry, guys, but <laughs> the gym is a place where you can socialize with like minded individuals that have similar goals and you guys can support each other. And if you don't come into the gym, people are going like, to where miss are you? you? Exactly. Yeah. Where have you been, man? There's numerous. I mean, the research is vast on this. Numerous studies to reinforce the idea that social yeah. support helps create a positive feedback loop mm-hmm. to spur a person, uh, a person's self perception and keep them excited to exercise and keep them going. And interestingly, there, you know, there's a specific study that, you know, I I saw that was like in Kansas State University that found that it's better to buddy up with others that are actually fitter than you. And it's it's kind of that concept of like 
you want to surround yourself with people that are at like a higher level than you so that you have something they're going to bring you up. Right. Yeah. If you're hanging out with people that are not gym goers and I'm not saying dump all your friends, but if you're hanging out with people that, you know, they don't really understand it. They don't understand yeah. your vision. They don't understand your goals. Like just find some new people to surround yourself around that are already there and you can learn from them and grow yeah. along with them. And who knows, maybe it'll be like me and surpass everybody. Yeah. It's the big fish in the small pond or the small fish in the big pond. Be the small fish. It's be uncomfortable fish. at first. And like, Don't you're like, afraid. oh, I'm embarrassed. But the gym is one of the most supportive communities that I have ever been in in my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I, I, the social aspect, and we've talked about this time and time again, you need a support system and you need people that are like-minded and you need people that are already there. And you, you just need mm -hmm. to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up and support your goals. All right. And last but not least, and I, I really think honestly at the phase that I'm at in my life, Nicole, this is my favorite one. Okay. Number 10. Successful gym goers are constantly learning. And I see this in my process with my own growth and development and Nicole with you as well, in terms of, I look back on the last year of starting a business, growing to the client number that we have, continuing to grow networking, learning about people, learning more about fitness, learning more about nutrition, learning about podcasting, learning about Instagram, learning about cameras, learning about microphones, right? <laughs> like just constantly learning and evolving. And I'll tell you, Nicole, I looked at the very first video that I put on the Eat Ready Nutrition Instagram. And I looked at the very last video that I put on the Eat Ready Nutrition Instagram. And I want to credit Jordan Syatt for yeah, this. Yeah, give him the who credit. Is, who was on our show. Scroll mm -hmm. through our our scroll through our podcast. I don't remember which episode number it was, but he was on and he talked to us about that. And he kind of was like, he inspired me by telling me, go into my YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And because I'm like, video. man, I look at your content and I'm like, I want it to be like that. And he's like, go into my YouTube and scroll back. It was like five years ago or something yeah. like that. And look at my Shakshuka video of me <laughs> in like my college dorm. dorm. Yeah. And he's like, the camera's all over the place. I, I look like an idiot. And it's almost like I'm like, all right, cool. Like now I look back at the first video that we did. And the amount that I've learned about content creation from then to now and how much more refined it is in a period of a year, which may seem like a long time to some people, but now we're man, just like, getting started. That, <laughs> and that I'm like, man, if I did all this in a year, what can I do in another year? Yeah. Right. And that's the exciting part. So like yeah. realize that when you look back on your fitness journey, six months back or a year back, celebrate the small wins, right? Yeah. Successful gym goers are constantly learning in your quest for fitness. It's best for you to learn the tools to be successful long term and to be self-sufficient. Go read things, read different opinions on how to practice nutrition and how to work out and different modalities and, and different ways of doing things and, and just consume this is what I did with my bodybuilding journey. Nobody coached yeah. me through it. I just learned and to some extent, listen, I did. And this is Nicole. We're like, you always talk to our audience about how important it is to have a coach, because mm -hmm. I do think that at some level, the difference between a coach doing the research and learning and, you know, somebody just getting started in their fitness journey is they don't necessarily know where to look for the answers. Like I can, right. 
I can do a Google search and be like, okay, that sounds about right. Let me, so, let me find some uh, information or research. Let me see where the research is at to support that. And let me see where I end up in my, you know, kind of rabbit hole of, you know, doing mm-hmm. research and, and looking stuff up and learning. Here's the thing. If you're someone that is, is able to hire a coach, like there are a lot of people that can't afford to hire a coach, or maybe that it's not it's not something they can really truly commit to. And they want to do it in a time frame that actually is a little bit slower and they really want to learn the process. There's so many places that you can go to learn aside from research conventions, fitness industry, all like not within COVID, but now that we're kind of back, back up and running, there's lots of things. There's tons of books. There's tons of things that you can dive into. The, the biggest piece to this is just start reading, start learning, start YouTube. My goodness, you can fall into a hole on YouTube with all the different types of leaders in the industry that you can start to just listen to. Getting baseline information in that capacity is, I think, really important from a learning experience. The reason why I always suggest a coach is how to take that information and then implement that into the goals and structure that you're trying to create for your health and wellness goals, because it can get confusing and a little bit overwhelming for people when you're reading all of this stuff and, and there's always conflicting information. So, you know, one person can say, you know, do this type of program. Another person can say, do this type of program. And you as maybe just a general population person or someone that has been working out for a long time and maybe not getting the results that you really want to get. Hiring a coach to help navigate through some of that information and get rid of the things that may not be working for you, like we said earlier, and honing in on the stuff that actually is really what you need to focus on. So a coach to me, I've hired coaches my whole life. I am a coach and I hire a coach when I want to know more and I've done all the research. Sometimes it's about having a second set of eyes, an outsider's point of view on what you need to do versus what you think on the inside from your point of view, it can be really, it can sometimes be skewed. Like I think I need to focus on protein and maybe it needs to be carbohydrates. So having someone else look at everything that you're doing and say, well, have you thought about it this way? Or have you ever tried it this way? This is the best part about coaching is it's, it's not just about being told what to do. This is why we don't give meal plans. This is why we don't just say, this is the way to do it. We have conversations with clients. We talk them through it. We help them to kind of hammer out the positives and negatives and things that they might need to change. And having that sense of support or someone with you going, okay, this is working. Keep this. This isn't working. I really think we should do it this way. There are some things with clients that I'm, I'm really like, it's a non-negotiable. I go, I, I know you may have read stuff, but this is what you need to do for your body. And any of my clients that are listening, we've, I'm sure we've had this conversation before. And then there are other things where I'm like, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah. Give it a try. I can be a little bit flexible on that. Let's see how your body responds. So it's not just a coach shouldn't just be a dominant person that just tells you what to do and shuts the door on you. It should be an open dialogue and, and a team like you're a team it should be teamwork. But I think the biggest piece, Daron, is that if if you're new to things and you just don't know how to apply that stuff, get a coach because you can waste a lot of time trying to figure things out and a coach will help get you there. A coach bit will kind of get rid of that learning curve for you. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's the reason why I say that. So with this one, I, I always say like the most successful people at anything, they learn about what the thing is that they're doing and they learn it well. They become knowledgeable, which it, it empowers them to be able to reach their goals. And they're like, all right, cool. I'm confident because I've, I've learned enough. I've done the research. Yeah. And I know what I need to do and I just need to execute it. And it helps them to hit their goals and beyond. 
I mean, to me, there's nothing cooler than learning about like how the things that you're doing are affecting your body, learning about the interesting complexities of the human body. I mean, obviously I'm a little kind of, you know, I get excited about this stuff because this is what I do. Just learning how the food and exercise program, like how, how it can help you not only in fitness, but in life. The, the more you learn, the more likely you'll be able to stick to the program because you know what's going on. You're informed about it. You're not just going into it blindly. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, if you have questions for us as coaches, I'm always super open to answering any questions in our DMs on Instagram at Eat Right Nutrition. And I just want to say, like, listen, this this process, the most successful gym goers, they they develop the habits that we just mentioned. And listen, if you need to listen to this again for some inspiration, then do so, because I want each and every person listening to this podcast to be able to take something from it and just go, just roll with it. Even if you set up one of these habits and start mm -hmm. there, you will grow over time. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, share this with a friend, write a review, and you'll hear us next week. 